This is episode 19 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Megan Rezig. I can think of a, a ton more people that maybe would have more to offer than I would to do this project. But then I, I stepped back and I said, you know, actually, like I've, I run a successful business. I, I love teaching. I think I'm really good at teaching. Um, you know, I, I can handle this. And each step along the way, I would kind of step back and assess and say, you know, was that, did I feel out of my depth there? Did I feel like I did a bad job there? And each step along the way, I said, no, I'm actually really proud of the work that I did. And that really helped me overcome that. And then, you know, now that we're in the end of it, um, anytime those feelings come up, I can kind of say like, well, no, I'm, I'm totally qualified to do this. I, I did a great job starting it, and um, I can totally see this through. But I think sometimes it's stepping out of your shoes and actually looking with fresh eyes at the work you've already accomplished and and giving yourself permission to give yourself a pat on the back and say, like, no, I, I do a great job. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Megan Rezig about her booming business in Rochester, New York called Spectrum Creative Arts. So Megan tells us how she founded and grew this business in this interview, but I'm going to give you a little spoiler that they have several other creative art modalities, professionals being incorporated at their program, which I think is super phenomenal. And also, they're hiring. So this is not the first interview where the guest has said that. So I'm going to start plugging that early on for anyone listening, looking for a job. They're hiring here, and it sounds like a fantastic place to work. So definitely check that out. If you are enjoying the podcast, please let us know by writing us a review on iTunes. I love reading the reviews. I do go through every single one of them, and I will read one on the other end of this episode. Also, check out our social media platforms. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles, and consider joining our Facebook group. We'll get some conversations going in there about what's going on on the show and create our own dialogue, support each other through... Whatever you're learning, whatever you're taking from the show, ideas that it sparks that you want to share with people, all that good stuff. If you or someone you know or you want us to reach out to someone to be on the podcast, you can shoot us an email at feedback at musictherapychronicles.com and I will see you on the other end of this episode.
Hello, Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us today. But to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I am one of the directors at Spectrum Creative Arts. We're a community arts center. Um, we are coming up on our sixth year anniversary on September 15th. Congratulations. Um, is, thank you. Um, and I, uh, so I run the business with two other music therapists, Wade Richards and Noah Ferguson. Um, I actually met Noah. Uh, she was my co intern uh, when I did my internship and Wade was actually uh, both of our supervisor and we stayed in touch over the years and as we were practicing and then um, decided to open Spectrum together. So we've been um, operating for about six years. We are a community arts center so our mission is um, arts programming for all ages and all abilities. Um, we started out just the three of us and just offering music therapy, but now we've expanded and we offer music therapy, art therapy, lessons, classes, uh, dance, theater, kind of a little bit of everything. Awesome. I'm really excited to hear about how you incorporate those things and how you collaborate and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, but before that, can you tell us like how you got into music therapy? You told us a little bit about um, your internship to now, but yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to college originally for piano performance. I did my undergraduate at Roberts Wesleyan College, um, which I actually just returned to as faculty. I've been helping them um, launch their new undergraduate music therapy program, awesome. which is really excited to get to do that at your alma mater. Um, and we had, I had my very first class with the very first music therapy cohort, uh, on Tuesday and they are wonderful and I'm really excited to work with them. Um, so I, I, but originally I was there for piano performance and, um, I kind of knew that I really didn't want to perform forever. And, you know, I, I also didn't necessarily want to teach, but I, I loved music and I, I kind of <laughs> just figured I would figure something out along the way. And my freshman year of college, I started uh, playing as a church pianist at a local church. And the director, the music director there um, was the head of the music therapy department at Nazareth and talked to me a little bit about the program. And um, when I was when I graduated from Roberts, um, knew that I was really, really interested in learning more and enrolled and got lucky because I fell in love with the field. Um, I did my internship at Hochstein. I got to do a little bit of work locally. I moved out to Oregon and did some work, um, kind of bounced around a little bit and then landed uh, at Spectrum. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you went to undergrad for piano performance. How did you start incorporating other therapies into Spectrum? What did you start with? How did that grow? Tell us about yeah. that. So <laughs> we kind of did I feel like did everything backwards with Spectrum. So when we opened, really, we were just looking for a space to see our private music therapy clients. Um, Noah, Wade, and I all had our individual practices and were mostly commuting to our clients' homes. So when we opened, we were really just looking for a single space that we could invite clients to come see us that would kind of house our equipment. Um, but as we started talking with the clients we were serving, we realized that there was this really common theme and we were talking with a lot of clients who were looking for arts programming in the area 
and having a really hard time finding opportunities that were accessible to them. Um, we would talk with a lot of clients who came to us specifically because they wanted to learn piano or they wanted to learn an instrument and had tried traditional lessons and you know, the approach just wasn't really geared towards the way that they learned. And so um, we started getting a lot of requests. You know, they were really happy with the music that they were doing and wondered if there was anything else we could do. So um, luckily, we were really well connected and started branching out and bringing on some other um, creative disciplines. And we started with art. That was a really natural um, fit for us. And then um, for a while, it was just art and music. And then um, we got really lucky. And one of the music therapists on our team is also a professional dancer. So um, we had a couple clients interested in dance. And so she started taking on some adapted dance students. Um, we had another member of our team who was uh, just a phenomenal actor, really involved in musical theater, started doing some productions with us. Um, so it was really organic the way it happened. Yeah, that's beautiful that you have so many people with those multi-skill sets. That's great. Yeah. So tell me more about how you incorporate the different modalities, how they incorporate the different modalities. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would say the population that we tend to be really known for working with are kids and adults with developmental differences. And... Um, it's really great because a lot of our clients have been with us for a really long time. Some of us who had started out with some of them who had started out with our original practices have been coming to see their provider for kind of over 10 years. Wow. So we will have, you know, one client that will take music lessons with one of our providers, dance lessons with another provider, therapy services with another provider. And just kind of they're you know really grow as a as a really multi-dimensional artist with us and their providers are collaborating and kind of sharing what's working what's not working different approaches um to really really help that client achieve their artistic goals um, so it's really cool to see um, especially because a lot of our clients are really interested in performing um, so we will have a number of recitals and community events to allow our students to kind of share the work that they're doing with the community. Um, so it's cool to see all of their talents come together uh, in that setting. That sounds so special for the clients, but also <laughs> for you guys, because I think in our profession, it's common for a music therapist to be on an interdisciplinary team and very much be the odd person out. <laughs> or feel like you're trying to weed your way in and get your perspective heard. But for you guys, you're all expressive arts therapists on a team with like just you. Yes, I would say if there's any odd person out, it tends to be our administrative assistant who, <laughs> you know, uh, she's working on a team of like 25 creative professionals who are all kind of like, oh, you want to take a break and sing this song with me? Or I've got this idea, you know, there's guitars walking around and she sometimes she has to be like, you know, kind of take it to the back. I'm I'm working on my attendance spreadsheet. <laughs> wow. 25 of you. That's a big team. Yeah, I mean it's fluctuating. So I I kind of lost track of where we are right now, but we're in the we're in the 20s. We're kind of in a transition phase now as we're entering a school year. We have a couple people that are moving, a couple people coming in in the middle of their onboarding. So we're in the 20s, I guess. But yeah, it is a big team. 
That's so awesome. And you're you're in Rochester, right? So that's a great hub location for that. We are. Um you know, one of the things that we thought when when we when we were opening was, you know, there's already a lot of music therapists practicing here. We've got some phenomenal music therapy organizations already in place. Does Rochester need more? <laughs> but um, I remember reading this really cool book about Starbucks a long time ago. And they were talking about how Starbucks as a company would, um, they would open up a store and then they would open up another store like right across the street. And everybody thought they were absolutely insane because um, they would be competing with themselves essentially. But what they found was people just love Starbucks so much that the more Starbucks, the better. And I kind of feel like the same thing has been true with music therapy here. Um, we haven't been able to keep up with the demand for music therapy services. You know, I, I rarely ever have to answer the question, what is music therapy here in this area? Wow. Um, for for a lot of, you know, a lot of times my conversations aren't about, you know, why you should have it, but how we can get it for you. That's so beautiful for, for the reason that people already know what you do when you walk into yeah. a room. That's amazing. But also that mentality, because I think that there's there can be this mindset of lack about, you know, you open a private practice and then someone in the town over opens a private practice and suddenly, you know, the clientele is cut in half. But that's not the reality of it. So that's so beautiful that you are a an example of how much you can grow even in an environment that has so many other people providing not the same, but similar services. That's so great. Yes. Awesome. So Thank you. Us. We certainly we certainly hope to be that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, if you have 20 people, <laughs> I think that that's <laughs> basically how many music therapists there are in the state I live in. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're always growing. Um, and I should put a plug out that we, uh, we are hiring now. We seem to kind of perpetually be hiring because, because we, we can't keep up, but, uh, yeah, we are very fortunate. Um, and also it's Rochester in general just seems to be a really rich music therapy area. There's lots of therapists practicing, lots of really diverse, um, you know, perspectives about music therapy here. So I feel very fortunate to to be a part of that landscape. Yeah. What's it like being in a place like that, I guess, that has so many people, so many diverse perspectives? Because you were in Oregon. So I, I'm going to assume, maybe improperly, that maybe there it was a little different. People didn't know what music therapy was when you got to a location. <laughs> so how does that compare? Yeah. Um, you know, Oregon was a really different environment. Um, I, I would say the music there. So I was in Portland. So being a major city, the music therapy community was, was still, was still large and very, very close knit. So I immediately got involved right away, which was nice. So I, I definitely had a music therapy community there, but, um, yeah, Rochester is definitely different. I don't know all of the music therapists in Rochester where in Oregon, I felt like I had met all of them at like one meeting. Um, so, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, we have a training program already, uh, with Nazareth college. So there's new music therapists coming through. There's the new training program at Roberts. So there'll be even more. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of, you know, the diversity is really great. And I think one of the benefits for that is, you know, if I have a question or if I need to seek out, you know, if I get a client that I have never worked with, 
And we really don't have a lot of experience working with on our team. I have no shortage of people that I can turn to and ask for supervision. And I think that's such a valuable benefit to being in such a rich community. Um, There's a lot of expertise in this area. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, Being in a smaller state, sometimes it is kind of isolating. And yeah, doing peer supervision is difficult. So (laughs) that's wonderful. So I had a thought. It went away. Oh, so there's lots of colleges and music therapy students in the area too. Do you do internships? Do you do practicum stuff? We do. Um, So Spectrum has been an internship and a practicum site since we opened. Um, It was something that Wade was doing uh, with his original private practice that we just kind of absorbed when we turned into Spectrum. Um, So we've had interns coming through every year. Um, We're really proud of our internship. Um, Given the number of music therapists we have, we have a ton of supervision that we do. Um, And then we also are a practicum site for both Nazareth and Roberts. So it's great to be able to give back and to kind of also get like a sneak peek at like the next the next generation of music therapists. So um, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, I love seeing all the fresh ideas from students. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, you know, you just need you just need new energy. You just need new (laughs) thoughts and creative processing. And they they can be really inspiring to see what they come up with. Totally. And new music, too. I feel like sometimes I get stuck in like what I listen to or what the client, my clients have kind of been bringing in. But um, having a student means I have this access to a whole new library of songs that, you know, I'd never heard and never thought to use in a session. So I, I really love that. Yeah. Awesome. So your practice has grown a lot and not necessarily a ton of time. What's yeah. that like? How did you do that? Uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's totally overwhelming. Um, you know, we started with three of us, uh, and I originally was just a sole proprietor, which I felt like was, was really, you know, was really, was really doable. Um, and then to make that shift from sole proprietor to employer, and then to be employer of a very, very large team. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of growth that I had to do to shift from being a clinician to a clinician slash director. Um, you know, I had to, when you, when you own a small business, you have to, you know, wear a lot of different hats. So you have to know about marketing and HR and, um, finance and payroll and insurance and lots of things that just were never, ever a part of my training. And I had to seek a lot of education and a lot of mentorship, um, to be able to, to kind of grow with my company. Um, I feel like we've, we've managed to do that really well. I'm really proud of the skill set that, you know, way to know, and I have developed over the years, but, um, yeah, there were times where I would look at, you know, what was in front of us and just think, can, is it possible that we can actually handle this? Can we actually run a team this large? And, um, you know, do people know that I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, I think that's true for everyone. You, you, if you jump into something that feels a little too much, I think most of the times you're surprised with what you're actually capable of doing. That was great. Do you have any tips for someone who is also experiencing that imposter syndrome? That's the thing. I'm thinking of. <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's such a real thing. I think to step back and kind of put your objective shoes on and take a look at, at the reality of that situation. Um, I, I think, you know, my, my role with Roberts is, is a good example of some of a way that I've been feeling that way recently when they asked me to consult with the undergraduate program, you know, I had very little experience in academia. I, um, I could think of a, a ton more people that maybe would have more to offer than I would to do this project. But then I, I stepped back and I said, you know, actually, like I've, I run a successful business. I, I love teaching. I think I'm really good at teaching. Um, you know, I, I can handle this. And each step along the way, I would kind of step back and assess and say, you know, was that, did I feel out of my depth there? Did I feel like I did a bad job there? And each step along the way, I said, no, I'm actually really proud of the work that I did. And that really helped me overcome that. And then, you know, now that we're in the end of it, um, anytime those feelings come up, I can kind of say like, well, no, I'm, I'm totally qualified to do this. I, I did a great job starting it and, um, I can totally see this through, but I think sometimes it's stepping out of your shoes and actually looking with fresh eyes at the work you've already accomplished and, and giving yourself permission to give yourself a pat on the back and say like, no, I, I do a great job. Yeah, well said. And do you have any resources? You mentioned uh, mentorship and guidance for becoming a, a boss of sorts. Do you have any resources <laughs> that you used? Uh, yes. So um, I was really fortunate. Both my father and my father-in-law run, uh, run their own business. And I, I like to say do so really well. They're both business owners that I feel like do a great job running their companies ethically, and I really respect their work. So um, I sought their advice all the time. <laughs> um, there was a point in time when we started to really ex- grow a lot that I we did seek out an executive coach to help us really um, funnel down our mission statement and our core values and our big, big goals. Um, we really, you know, that outside expertise was super invaluable. Um, and then, you know, now that I've shifted into doing some teaching, I've actually started to seek out some supervision specifically to help me navigate this new role, um, as an educator. So, you know, I can't speak highly enough for the value of connecting with people who know more than you do about what you're trying to do. Yeah, well said, because I think it it can be on top of the intimidation of this new thing you're trying, it can be even more intimidating to seek help. Yeah, So it's awesome (laughs) that you you were um, imparting that that's really important to do. Yes. Well, and I think sometimes people, if they're experiencing imposter syndrome, will think, oh, well, the last thing I want to do is to show anybody else that I have questions. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the most... um, responsible things you can do is to seek that help. And I, I have not encountered at all anybody saying, well, oh, you have a question about that? Well, like, why are you doing this? Then? <laughs> um, that hasn't been the case at all. Yeah. And that just made me think, you know, if you had an intern or a student who asked you a question, you would react to them the same way a mentor would react to you. So 
you you exactly. have been in their shoes they've been in your shoes it's, yeah and i think you know one of the things i've learned as an employer and a supervisor for people that one of the best things you can model for somebody is how to how to be in a state where you don't know something and seek resources. You know, that's what I want my team members to do. I don't want them to just act on a guess. <laughs> I want them to seek help when they need it. And the best thing I can do is model that in myself. Yeah, really well said. Um, being comfortable with the discomfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It sounds like you are leading leading by such a great example and have created such a great team. Oh, that's such a beautiful vision. So what's your favorite part about where you're currently at? Your favorite part about being an employer and continuing to grow? That's such a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I, I realize I've really fallen in love with is, you know, when you are when you're an employer, you have the opportunity to do a lot of creating from a totally different scale. So, you know, now I will have team members that will come to me and say, you know, I've got this, this really great idea for a class or this really great idea for a program, but I just don't know how to get it going. And I think one of my favorite experiences is working with someone to get their dream and vision off the ground and then stepping back and seeing them kind of come into their own and working with them to develop the skills to do that. Um, that's just been such a rewarding thing for me. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to, to do that with music therapy students now. Uh, but that's been such a great thing to do with the team members that we have with us at Spectrum. And you'll get to do that even more with your classroom students now. Exactly, exactly. Watching, you know, kind of giving somebody the skills to go off and make something brand new that I would have never thought of. But being a part of their process, I think, has just been really fun to see. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So what are some of the challenges that you've faced along the way in the past six years, maybe once we haven't mentioned so far? <laughs> uh time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when there's so much to learn, and then when there's so much to do, it can, and I, I tend to be really over ambitious sometimes, and will bite, will bite off a lot more than I am capable of actually doing. Um, so one of my biggest challenges has been really accurately estimating the amount that I can give to something. Um, and has been a big area of growth for me. So being able, you know, when you when you run a company, and especially when you're kind of operating a little bit outside of your comfort zone, uh, being able to find the time to get supervision, to learn the skills that you need to learn, to also do the clinical work that you're doing, to also be available for the random fires that will come up, um, which come up they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so yeah, time it, time just always seems like a rare commodity and like really making sure that there is time for everything um, has been a challenge. Um, it has been a challenge for us to keep up with our growth. Um, we seem to kind of always be hiring because the demand is there and that's great. But um, 
you know, right now, uh, it seems like there are more jobs than music therapists to fill them, which is fantastic yes. for the music therapy field, um, but also is can be challenging for employers um, who are, are really, really looking to meet the need that's out there. So that's been kind of a theme that comes up for us almost annually is, you know, are we going to find somebody <laughs> to, to be able to serve the clients that we're hoping to serve? And we've gotten very lucky that we just have a phenomenal team of people. But, um, you know, there's there's been a couple times where we're like, are, are they, is anybody out there? Are we going to actually make it? Are we going to have to do this work on top of our own work? Um, yeah, yeah. So those are some of the big ones. And now that school is starting, I'm sure that adds to the pressure of time. Because <laughs> I feel <Yes>. that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because now um, I'm kind of balancing the the teaching load that I'm doing in my clinical load. And I have two kids, two, um, one who is who is going back to school. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's, you know, time for everything, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so as an employer growing this beautiful practice, how do you find, with your limited time, how do you find that work-life balance? You know, how do you bring work home with you a lot? Do you <laughs> do you set the boundaries? Is the balance all work, no play? <laughs> you know, um, when, before I had kids, I would say it was totally that. I could work from six in the morning and then like still be on my computer at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I I, I love working. Um, I, I, I also, you know, I love having fun, but I just, I really love building things and I get really excited about projects that I'm on and will just kind of get totally absorbed. And when I had my daughter, it was a real shift in my mentality because all of a sudden you, you can't do that. So it really forced me to put some clear boundaries in place for when I was working and then when I was home and focused on being home. Um, and I would say right now I've, I've, I, I, I really love the balance that I have. Um, you know, when I end my day and pick up my kids, uh, my email notifications are off. Um, I don't look at it <laughs> until the next morning. And you know, no, nothing has really burned down uh, since I've done <laughs> that. So I would, I would kind of encourage people to consider it. Um, if I do get, you know, a work-related text, uh, I, you know, unless it's urgent, I usually don't respond until the next day. Um, I, yeah, it's, it was, that was a really hard mental shift for me, but, uh, one that I think was really, really important. And, um, yeah, I think overall, I don't know if I would have been able to sustain the energy that I was putting into it as a really young professional, but now I feel like I could, I could do this for the long haul and feel really, um, okay with it. Good. That's the way you want to feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening to, I think a podcast maybe about how our profession doesn't necessarily have great retention rates because of burnout. Yeah. So it's great to hear that you are feeling these pressures of time. You're growing this business. There's all these things going on and you still feel inspired to keep doing it. And, you know, I think I, I have a lot of privilege around that area too. Um, you know, as a business owner, I, I'm in control of my time, which is, is I think, one of the big perks of, of owning your own business is you do get to kind of set some some rules there. Um, 
that can be harder when you own your business when everything is your responsibility, but you have a little bit more freedom. Um, and you know, I luckily, because my, my business has, is doing well, you know, I have the luxury of being able to say, okay, it's six o'clock, I'm going to take a break. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very conscious that right now our field is doing a lot of work in being able to provide sustainable employment for music therapists. And I'm very lucky, but, um, I would love to continue, see efforts continue to do that. Cause I know a lot of music therapists who really struggle in their place of employment to be able to experience, you know, a sustainable way of living. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So I'm, I'm going to replug it. They're hiring at Spectrum. <laughs> so if you're listening <laughs> and you want to go to Rochester and work, check out Spectrum because that I promise sounds... the snow is not that bad. <laughs> so uh, I was at the Mar conference in Rochester. How many years ago was that? Oh, uh, well, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So but, but here's the thing. I was living in Pennsylvania. Overnight, we got three feet of snow, not an exaggeration. And they did not plow the roads where I was. But I got to Rochester and everything was fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they I had mean, it under know, control. <laughs> yeah. In a place that gets as much snow as we do, like we know how to deal with it. Like, yes. yeah, nothing closes. But yeah, that that com- that was an exception. It's not always like that. But no. uh, I, I think I remember people like skiing down the down the road during <laughs> that conference. <laughs> so that was a lot. Yeah. Well, by the time I got there, it was the roads were great. So, yes, they do handle the snow really well in Rochester. <laughs> So at Spectrum, you guys are creating some resources for other professionals. Tell us about that. Yeah, we are. So, you know, one of the things that we feel really fortunate is that we've got no shortage of creative inspiration with the number of people that are constantly coming up with new ideas. And so one of the things that we've always been passionate about is education and training and providing resources. And so we actually, um, when we redesigned our website, we put a section of it specifically for music therapists, but also other creative professionals, um, where we house resources that we've created. Um, you know, they're all either original songs or interventions, um, things that we've put together that our team has put together. Um, Wade Richards has been working on lots of great tips and techniques for uh, guitar and adapted guitar. So um, we're just excited to share some of that knowledge, especially because we know a lot of music therapists who maybe don't have the opportunity to get new ideas from their immediate team. Yeah, the internet provides such a wonderful platform for us all to share those things. (laughs) It sure does. Is there anything specific you want to give us a teaser or a sneak peek of? Sure. Um, So one of the, uh, so Wade, like I said, Wade had recently put together a series specifically focused on guitar called Creative Guitaring. Um, Wade has done a lot of adapted guitar. He even put together a whole alternate tuning because he had was working with a number of clients whose motor limitations didn't really make traditional cording accessible, but they were really too advanced to use something like a chord buddy or just open tuning. They wanted a little bit more. So he created a whole color-coded adapted tuning that only uses uh, one to two finger chords, and they're all color-coded. So um, it makes, and and there's some great chord options. It's not just all major chords with a couple minors. There's some seventh chords. There's 
some diminished core. Um, so it really allows clients to make really, really nice advanced music that is accessible for, for them. Um, so he's got that on there. Um, he's also been collaborating with, uh, another music therapist from Hochstein to put together, um, just a bunch of resources for guitarists. So I would absolutely check that out. I think they've done an amazing job doing that. Um, and then, uh, I feel like we're putting a couple up a month. So, uh, there's, there's kind of always something new if you, if you check it out. So it's called Spectrum Press. Um, and it's on our website. If you click on, if you go to spectrumcreativearts.org and click on resources, they're all nicely organized by category and, uh, we're adding new stuff all the time. That's awesome. And that sounds like a lot of work. So the fact that someone has done that and is putting <laughs> it out there in the world is phenomenal. Oh, well, thank you. We, we really enjoyed doing it. Um, it's, a, it's been such a fun side project. And it's kind of kept us, uh, held us accountable for coming up with new content and not getting stale in our own work. So uh, it's been a win-win for us. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Alrighty. Do you have anything you want to add before we move into our rapid fire? Um, no, I can't, I can't think of anything. Well, you've created uh, in reality, but in my mind right now, a beautiful vision of this business and (laughs) your collaborations with other modalities and a big team and a thriving city. And it just sounds so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, thank you. It's been, I, I, we've really loved uh, the work that we've been able to do and are excited to, to keep on going. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. So much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> early bird or night owl? Uh, now early bird was night owl, but uh, kids changed that up real quick. Yes. <laughs> Something you would tell your younger self. Hmm. I think to to slow down a little bit that uh, you don't have to do it all all at once and be everything all at once. You can you can take your time and enjoy the process, and uh, it's not all about just doing something and moving on to the next thing. I can relate to that. <laughs> Your music therapy elevator speech. Oh, I haven't done one of these in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You said you didn't have to do this. I <laughs> know. Quiz. Um, so I would say that uh, music therapy is is a way of helping people achieve the individual goals they want to achieve through a really creative platform. Um and hopefully what I think is a really fun and engaging platform. And uh, it doesn't have to just be singing songs and it doesn't have to just be playing instruments. Uh, It can be really versatile and it can really be, uh, it can really be targeted towards that person's individual preferences. Awesome. Your favorite self-care practice. Oh, uh, they're all really boring, but I just got, I like literally just opened it. I just got a new water bottle and it fits. 
I think a gallon of water and wow. it has, <laughs> yeah, if it's a lot and it has time stamps all the way down the bottle. So it shows like, you know, what time you should have like had more water by, and there are like words of encouragement. I can, I can send you the link. It's very cool and dorky, but I need, you know, I'm terrible with drinking water. I'm great at drinking coffee. I'm terrible at drinking water. <laughs> um, so this was my little motivation to drink more water and maybe be a little healthier. That's an awesome one. <laughs> I really like that. When you started to say it fits and I was thinking, oh, it fits in your cup holder and my oh, water no, bottle doesn't no, it's, fit in my it's cup giant. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, it's a huge, I, I was actually really surprised and terrified when I opened it. I haven't used it yet. Uh, it's, it's giant. I believe it. And back in my <laughs> drum corps days, you had to have the, like the Coleman water jug thermos yes. type thing with the handle and I, that that water jug lived by my side for five years yep it's like it's like that but with like little words of encouragement all the way down I needed those too uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it works awesome something that is currently adding value to your life um my dogs uh, we rescued two um, Great Pyrenees uh, last April, and they bring me so much joy, and I love them so much. And um, yeah, they're just, they add so much joy to my life. Beautiful. I adopted my dog last year, too. I don't know if you can hear her snoring in the background, but she's I going to town. But that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite intervention or song? Oh, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, I was going to play one, but my guitar looks, it sounds awful coming through the microphone. But one that I've used uh, actually in collaboration with art therapy is um, I have brought in a selection of songs that are usually in line with, you know, my clients' preferences. I will try on purpose to bring in um, one, uh, one that they don't know that's kind of obscure. And I'll bring out the lyrics printed on a really nice, like, thick cardstock paper. And before they even listen to it, I'll have them take a look through the lyrics and um, circle the phrases that are really, really meaningful for them. So they have no musical context yet. They're just circling the phrases that they really love. And then um, the art therapist will lead them through an experience where they paint everything on the page except for those phrases. And what's left is this kind of beautiful poem because all of those lyrics are isolated. Um, I have sometimes taken that into a songwriting experience and kind of used that as a jumping off point. Um, or they'll create that painting to the recording of that song. Um, but, uh, you know, I think one of the things when I worked, uh, with adults was I had a hard time finding interventions that really, um, especially for my adults that didn't necessarily want to play instruments or sing along with me. Um, I found this to be a really great way to engage them in the process that also felt really safe for them because they didn't have to take the step to actually do the music yet. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to be using that with one of my groups that I can think of. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Great. Let me know how it goes. I hope it goes well. And thank you to your art therapist. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, that collaboration um, has been fun. Um, that was a collaboration that I had a, a couple of years ago at a different facility. But um, that art music collab, we've explored a lot at Spectrum. And um, that has been loads of fun. Yeah, I I wish I was more comfortable incorporating different modalities into my practice. So <laughs> it's awesome that you have those people there to help you do that. Yes. So lastly, where can people find you and find Spectrum and anything else you want to plug? Yeah. So I would say the best place to learn about Spectrum is our website, which is www.spectrumcreativearts.org. Um, we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. You can find us at Spectrum Arts LLC. Um, yeah, those are the best places to connect with us. Awesome. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with me today and tell me about this awesome business that you've grown in a thriving city. That's so great to know that those things are happening out there in the world because we don't always necessarily hear those stories. Great. Well, thank you. I'm so I'm so honored to be on the show. And I, I really thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Of course. Have a wonderful evening. That was such a great conversation. I love hearing success stories of music therapy practices or individuals, in this case, a whole city, and ways they're collaborating and growing and helping others and teaching students. I love hearing the success stories, and I hope that you, the listener, also feel inspired from hearing those success stories. As promised, here is our review of the week. It comes from Pie 86 Easy listen, five stars. Loving how easy this podcast is to listen to. Trisha does an amazing job engaging the guests and each episode has had a variety of unique content. Can't wait for more. Thank you so much. Your kind words are so appreciated and it lets me know that people are getting something out of the show and I should continue producing it. So thank you so much. If you're looking for another way to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon page, either via the link in the show notes, or you can go to patreon.com slash music therapy chronicles. That's it for this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.